0: At Kenilworth Union, we're using the Revised Common Lectionary to study the ministry of Jesus as that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, very well-known passage from chapter 11. And Kelsey, thank you for setting us up to hear this Word of God. And uh, thank you, Todd, for being here, our legendary substitute organist. And Alyssa, thank you for standing in for Lisa. Lisa's at a conference I hope you know that. I was sitting right next to Alyssa while she was conducting. She sings while she conducts. You should sit right there. So thank you for all the music, guys. Luke chapter 11, Jesus was praying in a certain place and one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, your name be revered as holy. May your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins because we ourselves forgive those who offend us and do not bring us into the time of trial. And then Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And the friend answers from within, don't bother me. The door has already been locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though the neighbor will not get up and give him anything out of his friendship, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened for them. What father among you, when your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake? What father among you, when your child asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Does anybody here feel like Lois from Family Guy? Do you remember Stewie? Lois, Lois, Mom, 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 Mommy, Mom, Mom. Children's needs are infinite and inescapable. There's always asking for something. Or maybe you feel like Penny from the Big Bang Theory when Sheldon comes knocking on her door again. Penny, Penny, Penny. Penny, I bet you didn't know that these two blockbuster television shows take their inspiration from one of Jesus' parables. Because that's what Jesus' story is trying to tell us to do. We need to pray like Stewie and Sheldon. Ask for anything and never quit. So a common Galilean patriarch receives a visitor long past midnight. First century Palestinian protocol forbids you from turning him away or leaving him unnourished, but your pantry is bare, so what do you do? You go knocking on your neighbor's door. Now, a common Galilean house in the first century was small, simple, and square. A single room, maybe 700 square feet, there was a a raised sleeping platform in that single room where everybody would pile in for the night. Mom, dad, and the kids all sleeping in the same place. There was often a stable in the back for the donkeys, the chickens, the cows, and the sheep. And so you can see how a knock after midnight would throw everybody into chaos into this little single-roomed house, including the donkeys. And so the guy who's sleeping says to the guy who's knocking, No, but the guy who's knocking keeps knocking like Sheldon until the sleeping guy gives him what he needs. That's what prayer should be like says Jesus, a persistent neighbor knocking on your door. But then Jesus shifts the metaphor from neighbor to father. And you can see how that shift amplifies and reinforces his point, right? What father among you, he says, what father among you when your child asks for a fish will give him a serpent? What father among you when your child asks for an egg will give him a scorpion? And then Jesus goes on, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. Well, just so, right? Because eventually the sleeping neighbor opens his door for the guy who's knocking on his door at midnight. Now why does Jesus tell us this little story? Well, of course he tells it to illustrate and explain the Lord's Prayer, which he's just taught to his disciples. What is the first word of the Lord's Prayer? It's not a rhetorical question. Somebody tell me. Father. Father is the first word of the Lord's Prayer. And so what Jesus wants to teach his disciples is that when we pray, we're not praying to a drill sergeant. We're not praying to a prison warden. We're not praying to a screaming, implacable football coach. We're not praying to the fierce, intimidating government bureaucrats at the agency when we go down there to apply for a permit or a license. We are praying to our Father. And it's a Father's job to provide good things for His children. That is His raison d'etre. That's why He is here. That's why He lives. And one Bible scholar nailed this story of Jesus so squarely. She says, When we pray, we are knocking on an open door. Do you get it? Jesus says, knock and the door will be open to you. This scholar says, we don't even have to knock. It's open. Come on in. Years ago, I buried my friend's 90-year-old mother. And the whole family just adored this matriarch of the family. And when we were planning the funeral, they were telling me about her. They said she always thought of 10 reasons to say yes before she said no. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is wonderful. And I'll tell you why. Because we all know somebody who thinks of 10 reasons to say no before they say yes. And those people are no fun. According to Jesus, God thinks of 10 reasons to say yes before God says no. Is that your experience of God? Is that your experience of prayer? I actually have some tough questions for Jesus on this parable. On Friday night, the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Boston Red Sox 28-5 to at Fenway Park. This is a baseball game, not a football game. 28 to 5. For the Red Sox, that game was apocalyptic. It was like an episode of The Walking Dead. Everything that could possibly go wrong did go wrong. And you could hear the Fenway hometown crowd. They just went silent, except for occasional gasps of horror at something that was happening on the field. And so a Toronto batter lifts this pop-up, this harmless pop-up, that lands safely between the home plate and the pitching mound with three Boston Red Sox players within inches staring blankly into space. And then another Toronto batter loops an embarrassing, broken bat, lame duck blooper over the first baseman's head that lands just inside the right field foul line and then rolls around in foul territory for a while, and that turns into a bases-loaded double. And then the coup de grace the Boston Red Sox center fielder loses a, an easy out fly ball lost it in the lights goes sailing over his head rolls clear to the center field wall and that turns out to be get this an inside the park grand slam and inside the how many inside the park grand slams have there ever been in the history of baseball 28 to 5 And after I watched that game, I thought to myself, this is a symbol for what's been going on in the United States for the last two years. Everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. We can't get anything right. We're getting hammered. It's 28 to 5. The Canadians are doing great. They've got 28 runs. They're flourishing, but the Americans are getting clobbered, 28 to 5. And yet we keep knocking. We keep praying because when you ain't got a prayer, you still got a prayer. Yesterday, we buried uh, Connie Kilner Watson. Connie was over 90 years old. She actually died two years ago, but we just got around to saying goodbye yesterday. Connie was uh, Gil Bowen's secretary here for 14 years, ending in 1991. When Connie was in charge for those 14 years membership doubled at Kenilworth Union Church. Gil Bowen and Connie Kilner, a dream team. She was legendary for her sturdy, unyielding faith, even in the the face of serious, significant sorrows. And her son John talked at her funeral yesterday. John told the rest of us that for years, for decades, Connie had a, a plaque posted in a prominent place in her kitchen. And when Connie died, John took the plaque and put it in his home study. And the plaque reads, Pray Anyhow. It's 28 to 5. Pray Anyhow. The great Kirk of Scotland preacher and University of Glasgow, Professor William Barclay says, There is no such thing as unanswered prayer. The answer we get might not be the answer we hoped for, but even a no comes from the love and wisdom of God. Because we are not praying to a drill sergeant, we're praying to our Father, and even a no comes from that one's love and wisdom. I've told you many times before about one of my heroes, Brian Doyle. Brian comes from a large Irish brood. He was born in New York City and then made his way to the West Coast. He is one of the most pious Roman Catholics I know anything about and also one of the greatest prayers. Brian served as the editor for Portland Magazine. That's the quarterly journal of the University of Portland, a Roman Catholic university in Oregon. He did that. Brian served as editor there for 27 years until he died at the age of 60 of a brain tumor in 2017. And so Brian tells the rest of us, he says, as a parent, my first prayer was tears. And he tells how when he and his wife were young, they had difficulty conceiving, so they went to the doctor who told them that they would never have children together. This was not going to happen. And so Brian and Mary leave the doctor's office speechless and stunned and walk to their car where they weep inconsolably but over the years Mary and Brian have made Connie's motto their own pray anyhow and over the years God blesses Mary and Brian with three wonderful children and even though the experts have told you it can't happen Sometimes the answer is yes. You get three wonderful children, even though they tell you it's never going to happen. Sometimes the answer is no. You pray to live to a great old age, and you end up dying of a brain tumor at the age of 60. 30 years too soon. I think Brian may have had some inkling or foreshadowing that his life might not be long, a little short. And he says, lately, unexpectedly, now and then, I find myself in tears for what seems like no reason at all. And I think the reason for the tears is that we have been blessed with children. Three of them. Three long and wild prayers. And the greatest gift, a profligate mercy ever granted to shuffling muddled me. And so, my children... Know that it was for you that I was here and for you that I prayed every single day of your life and for you that I will pray in whatever form I'm next to take. So lift the rock and I am there. Cleave the wood and I am there. Call out for me and I will listen for i mean to be a prayer for you and yours long after i have turned to dust and ash ask and you'll receive seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open to you sometimes that's true sometimes that's not true pray anyhow